Join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Holy God, reveal your presence to us this day as we journey this path with your Son. Through all of life's trials and tribulations, your word sustains us for the journey ahead. Send your Spirit upon us that we might listen, discern, and take heart. Amen. Our scripture today comes from Psalm 121. Hear these words. I raise my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God won't let your foot slip. Your protector won't fall asleep on the job. No, Israel's protector never sleeps or rests. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is your shade right beside you. The sun won't strike you during the day, neither will the moon at night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. God will protect your very life. The Lord will protect you on your journeys, whether going or coming, from now until forever from now. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I wonder if you've ever gone on a journey that changed your life. Something that was radical, something that might have been out of the ordinary for you. And getting ready for that journey is a part of the journey, right? You pack the cooler, you get the kids in the car, you uh, get the maps. Back in the day, right? You go to you get the maps ahead of time and you chart your course and you figure out where you're going to stop and where you're going to refuel, where you're going to get food and all of that. And you uh, set off and you go. And there's a difference between, uh, I'm a boy scout, right? So we know not to wear hats in uh, houses of worship. Uh, <laughs> let's throw that right there. Um, but there's a difference between a vacation and a mission trip and a pilgrimage, all right? What's a vacation, right? It's like a three-hour tour on a boat. Uh, or uh, I'm not quite sure, you know, it's uh, something you kind of go towards and it's, a, it's leisure and you enjoy, you take in the sights and you see things. A mission trip, right, is tough to define. You go with uh, a mission in mind, an objective, a goal, and maybe you achieve that goal, maybe you achieve it. Um, you know, maybe you, you don't, I, I don't know, it's difficult to define what a mission trip is. It has a spiritual component to it. And what's a pilgrimage? There are other faiths that uh, take pilgrimage, right? Uh, Muslims take uh, pilgrimage to the Hajj. They, uh, they walk to Mecca, faithful Muslims, at least you know, once in their lifetime. There are devout Buddhists who, who travel up steep mountainsides to temples and seek healing at holy places. Uh, Christians have uh, holy sites. Uh, we have tombs uh, of saints sort of in the west part of Spain. We have the Holy Land, of course, uh, land where Jesus actually walked. You can go and see these places. Caesarea Philippi, in the Bible, it's not like Middle Earth or Narnia. It's an actual location you can travel to. You can put your hands in the ground and say, the disciples were here. That's a pilgrimage. It's a physical journey, but it's also a spiritual journey. 
It takes us closer to the heart of God. When I was in college, a friend of mine who's a pastor now, uh, he and I would take a, an annual pilgrimage on Holy Saturday, uh, right before Easter, uh, to the Gorge in Kentucky. There is this um, awesome tunnel called, called Nada Tunnel, N-A-D-A, and it's an old logging tunnel that is about 120 feet through solid rock, and it's a one-way street. It used to be a rail, and they'd load up the steam engine on the other side and pull the logs through. But it's one of those things where as you're walking through it, or driving, if you turn off your lights, you're like, I think that's the end down there. A little pin prick of light. It's amazing how dark the journey can be. How lonely the journey can be. How sort of um, off-putting the journey can be. How dangerous it can be. But you see the destination. Maybe. Just that pin prick of light in the distance. That pilgrimage to the gorge every year taught me a number of things. It taught me that God is found everywhere. God is found in the red rocks. God is found in the bluegrass. God is found in the waters that we kayaked and canoed in. It taught me the value of created order, to be good stewards. You, you pack out what you pack in. It taught me the power of friendship, that we never journey alone, that we need people to come alongside us. My friend Kyle, when we were crossing over this bridge, this log, and uh, we had the maps in our hand, right? Everything you need. And the very first time we were there, what did he do? He, he dropped it in the river. <laughs> right? But still, that didn't end our friendship. That's the power of friendship. That's an experience that we share together. Right? We journey alongside each other. And also taught me the need to return. It taught me the need to return to that place year after year after year in college. It sort of grounded me in who I was. It formed my identity. And that's what pilgrimages do. They form and shape our core identity. Pilgrimages are more than physical journeys. They involve the physical journey, to be sure, but they are a journey of the whole person. They are a spiritual journey. And sometimes when we pilgrimage... We are definitely on a spiritual journey. We as a, a church are on a spiritual journey together. We have similar goals to take our next step in faith with Jesus Christ. To raise a generation in faith. To be faithful stewards of our building here off Willow Drive. To see people grow in their relationship with God. We as a, as a community are on a journey together. And we as individuals are on a spiritual journey during this particular time of year, right? The, the altars changed. The parabens have changed. It's the season of Lent. We're journeying as individuals and together during this time. We're learning to, to live the Psalms, to sort of embody the theology that they kind of call out to. Lent is all about journeying. It's all about self-sacrifice and repentance and journeying closer to the heart of God. And so I wonder this morning, where are you headed? And what is your path to take and what journey are you on as an individual? The Jewish people traveled to Jerusalem every year. They would pilgrimage to the temple and they would uh, buy uh, doves or rams or sheep and they would present them at the temple for sacrifice as an atonement for sin. It's, it was a part of their, their religion, a part of their practice. So every year they would journey to the temple. They would recall the stories 
of the Passover. They would recall the stories of how God had delivered them out of Egypt, how God had been faithful even when they had not been. And they would take those steps. Right? There was no mass transit. There was, there was no... You couldn't, you couldn't get a plane. You couldn't get a train. You couldn't get an automobile, right? You had to walk. If you were wealthy, you could get on a donkey or a horse or a camel. Maybe. And you couldn't get one to put the whole family on. So you had to walk that donkey, that camel, or that horse, right? While grandma or grandpa got to sit up on top. Or maybe the little kid, it was a little ornery, you put him up there too. With grandma, say good luck, right? You had to journey and walk to the temple. Every year. It was a part of forming their faith identity. A part of forming their personal identity. And Lent is a time where we journey deeper and closer to the heart of God. Both as a community and as individuals. I wonder where you're traveling with God during this Lent season. How are you being formed and shaped, and where is God walking side by side with you in your pilgrimage? The main verb in this passage, in this Psalm of Ascent, as we heard Pastor Peter say in the video, there's, there's 15 of them found in the book of Psalms. And this particular one is interesting, right? It's a little shorter, it's nice and easy to read, it's about eight verses or so. And there's one verb that's repeated like six times, and it sort of like drills it into you. This is the main part of the psalm, and it's the Hebrew word samar. Say samar with me. Samar, right? We're eating our vegetables this morning. It's good stuff. So that's the Hebrew word for samar, and it means to keep. And it's translated a lot of different ways. You should know if you look at a, at a Hebrew dictionary, it's like this big. If you look at an English dictionary, it's like this big, right? There are far fewer words in Hebrew than there are in English. And so when you encounter a word in the Hebrew language, the Hebrew text, it's got to mean a lot of different things. It's got to cover a lot of ground. So it means a lot of things. And the way that you determine the meaning, this is the heart of scholarship and reading and all this stuff, uh, specifically Hebrew. The, heart, the thing that determines the meaning for the word is how it's used in the context. And so this word is used about keeping, and you heard it translated as guarding or protecting or lifting up but it means to, to sort of keep to, to to foster relationship with to to guide to protect to keep it is this psalm that should remind us of a few things that God is keeping us God is protecting us God is walking alongside us journeying with us god is not only standing back and holding all of created order but god is on pilgrimage with you as an individual that's what psalm 121 should remind us of that god keeps and holds us in god's hands Second, it should remind us, and you should hear it, you hear it in a lot of liturgical readings, it's in the lectionary during Lent, it should come as no surprise, because Lent is a journey, and this psalm is all about journey. This psalm is all about ascension and sort of pilgrimage to the temple, and we recognize that the destination can be fuzzy, but we are not standing still, right? This journey sometimes is not exactly fun. We heard earlier in the Gospel of Mark, and if you would have caught the words at the very beginning of that, and the Spirit sort of compelled Jesus into the wilderness. Jesus pilgrimages into the wilderness. 
He doesn't have a clear destination in mind. <laughs> right? He's driven out. He's, he's called to go to the wilderness. Something in him calls him out into the wilderness because it is a time of deep formation for the Savior. The Savior will be tested and tempted beyond anything that we could ever imagine. All authority. Jesus, do you want that? Are you just hungry? I can fix that like this. And Jesus resists temptation, holds back and says, I trust in God who keeps me and the God who journeys with me. I wonder where you are traveling during Lent, where you are journeying. Because where does Lent take us? Lent ultimately takes us to Easter, right? The, the joy, the, the, the brass, the, the whole Christ the Lord is risen today, things I can't say during Lent, right? You get the idea. This is, this is where Lent takes us. It takes us to Easter, the joy of the resurrection. But before we get to Easter, we have to travel through Lent. And we have to travel through desertion, through abandonment and Monday Thursday, and to ultimately sacrifice of Good Friday. Those are not enjoyable parts of the journey, <laughs> right? If we could just skip those parts, it'd be a lot happier. But no, we are, we are called to embody that pilgrimage, and we are called to embody that journey. Because ultimately that is what shapes and forms us as followers of Christ. Not imitators. Followers. People who take up our cross and follow Jesus. And so it is we travel, that we pilgrimage together on this holy journey. And a holy journey it is. We move with solidarity towards the good news of Easter. But before we, we, we arrive there, we have to travel through betrayal and death. Because sometimes a journey can be difficult. What Psalm 121 teaches us is that God will be with us and that God keeps us. And so as I, as I think about Lent, as I think about what it means to fully kind of live this psalm, to embody this psalm, I recognize that the journey is not always clear. And I recognize that the journey that we're called to may be difficult. What it means to fully live this psalm is that I can take hope that no matter how unclear the destination or how difficult the journey, God will be with me and God will be with you. And so may we come to see that God who promises to keep us as we travel, may we work to keep one another as we journey together during this Lenten time. And may we together take our steps closer to the heart of God during this time of pilgrimage. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs>